This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Careers, a Sirius XM 132. So let's just jump in right now. We're excited to welcome James Clear, an author and speaker focused on habits, decision making, and continuous improvement. His work has appeared in the New York Times, Entrepreneur Time, and on CBS This Morning. And through his online course, The Habits Academy, James has taught more than 10,000 leaders, managers, coaches, and teachers. And I am sure many of you have read his best-selling book, Atomic Habits. Many congrats on the success of your book, James. Tell us, what is an atomic habit? Oh, well, thank you so much. It's nice to talk to you. Um, So I chose the phrase atomic habits for three reasons. Uh, The first meaning of the word atomic is tiny or small, like an atom. And I do think habits should be small and easy to do. It's kind of a central part of my philosophy. The second meaning of the word atomic is the fundamental unit in a larger system. So like atoms build into molecules, molecules build into compounds, and so on. And habits are kind of like that. They're sort of like the fundamental unit of our daily routine. And you sort of put them together and you end up with the overall arc of what your day looks like. And then the third and final meaning is the source of immense energy or power. And I think if you put all three of those meanings together, you sort of understand the arc of the book, which is if you make changes that are small and easy to do and you layer them on top of each other 1% at a time, like units in a larger system, then you can end up with some really powerful and remarkable results, despite how small or easy any individual habit might be. So we all have really bad habits. I mean, everybody. I'm, I'm, I might quiz Michelle and Dion to share their bad habits because you love talking about those things on air. But, but why do we keep going back to our bad habits? Because I think most of us can name them pretty quickly. We can list them off and say we really should stop doing this, but we keep doing them. Why, why do we do that, James? Right. Good question. So, yeah, you're like, well, if it's a bad habit, why am I doing it all the time? And The answer is you can sort of imagine any behaviors producing multiple outcomes across time. So we could broadly say like there's an immediate outcome and an ultimate outcome. And with bad habits, the immediate outcome is often pretty favorable. Like what is the immediate outcome of eating a donut? Kind of good. It's sweet, sugary, tasty. It's enjoyable. It's only the ultimate outcome if you keep eating donuts for a week or six months or a year that's unfavorable. Um, same thing even for like smoking a cigarette. The immediate outcome might be that you get to socialize with friends outside or um, curb your nicotine craving or reduce stress, but the ultimate outcome is unfavorable. And good habits are often the reverse. Um, with a good habit, the immediate outcome of like going to the gym for a week is you're kind of sore, your body looks the same in the mirror, the scale hasn't really changed. It's only if you stick with it for a year or two or three that uh, you start to get the results that you want. And so the challenge is that there's sort of this misalignment of the immediate outcome and the ultimate outcome. And when you're building a good habit, you kind of have this valley of death in the beginning where you're like showing up and working on it, but you don't have the results that you're hoping for. And so if you want to break a bad habit, you need to find a way to have an immediate cost to the behavior. And if you want to build a good habit, it's helpful to find a way to have an immediate benefit so that you have reasons to keep showing up. 
So yeah, so basically you just gave me the choice of a donut or valley of death. And I, I really have no idea how I would not choose the donut every time, James. That's, that's really, that's really um, an easy choice for me. But I totally get what you're saying. Our listeners are in a job search or maybe they're thinking about a job search or they're contemplating a promotion or raise. And one of the things that, that we're always talking about is, is know what your goal is. But in your book, you say, forget about goals. That's, that's not what's important here. So as it relates to to the job search, how why should people forget about goals, and, and why is that a good thing? Yeah, well, first, before I criticize goals, I should say this is coming from someone who was very goal-oriented for a long time. You know, I would set goals for the grades I wanted to get in school, the weights I wanted to lift in the gym, the amount of money I wanted to earn in my business. And at some point, I realized that setting the goal actually didn't determine very much on whether or not I achieved it. Now, goals can be useful. I'm not saying they're totally useless. They can be useful for setting a sense of direction, determining where you want to allocate your focus and attention and energy. But after you've done that, it's kind of more helpful to, instead of focus on the goal, focus on the system. And the way that I would define this is that your goal is kind of your desired outcome. The system is the collection of daily habits that can get you there. And if there is ever a gap between your desired outcome, the the result that you're hoping for, the goal that you set, and your daily habits, the system that you follow, the system will always win. The system will always beat the goal. Whatever system you're running, it is inevitably moving towards some destination. And what you want is for your desired outcomes, your goals, to be aligned with your system. I think we could even go a step further and say that you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. So often in life, we think that, well, if I want better results, I just need a bigger goal. I need to be more ambitious. I need to 10x my vision. But the truth is, having the goal is the easy part. Like, I can set a goal right now to sell 10 million books. It's, it took me like three seconds. Um, it's really the system, the result uh, that delivers that result. I think um, if we're going to translate this to habits, if we're going to talk about why habits matter so much, how they comprise that system, we could say that your results in life and pretty much in any domain are a lagging measure of your habits. So your financial results, your bank account is a lagging measure of your financial habits. Your physical fitness is a lagging measure of your eating and training habits. Your um, knowledge is a lagging measure of your learning and reading habits. Even the clutter on your desk or in your bedroom is a lagging measure of your cleaning habits. And so actually the goal or the outcome is just like this natural byproduct of the system that precedes it. And so we think that what we want is for our outcomes to change, but really what we need is for our habits to change. We're very excited to have James Clear on the show, who is the author of Atomic Habits, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. So if you've read this book and you've got a question for James, or maybe you just have a few bad habits you're trying to let go of, this is the show for you. So yeah, so James, just to kind of uh, encapsulate what you just said, I used to be a, a personal trainer and I'd have somebody come in and say, oh, I'm going to a reunion in a week, so I need to lose 10 pounds and this, that, and the next thing. And it's like, well, you can't just do 2,000 sit-ups and 100 push-ups and in one day get the result you want. So basically what you're saying is we all need – the things we do every day compound. And you talk about this in your book about getting 1% better every day. So, so applying this to something that I know a lot of job seekers or career professionals hate, it's networking. And I talk about this a lot on Career Talk that you 
you constantly need to be building your network so that it's there when you need it. If you lose your job today and the network isn't there, it's not like you're going to be able to build this phenomenal network in 24 hours. So so talk about your 1% rule and the system in alignment with, with how people can be building their network every day. So the idea here is that habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. The same way that money multiplies through compound interest, the effects of your habits multiply as you repeat them across time. So in the case of networking, if you make a habit of writing an article for your industry each week and posting that on your blog or posting insights on Twitter or uh, going to particular events and meeting people, once that becomes a habit, then you give it, it has a chance to start to compound. But the hallmark of any compounding process is that the greatest returns are delayed. And so this is really challenging because you're showing up in the beginning and it's kind of like you don't have anything to show for it. And you actually hear this a lot when people uh, start to build habits. They'll say stuff like, I've been running for a month. Why can't I see a change in my body? Or I've been going to all these networking events. So I still don't have a job yet. And um, I like to, to kind of use this like brief story or metaphor to illustrate the, the concept. So Imagine that you walk into a room, it's cold, you can see your breath, it's like 25 degrees, and there's this ice ice cube sitting on the table. And you start to heat the room up, 26, 27, 28, ice cube is still sitting there, 29, 30, 31. And then you get to 32 degrees, it's this one degree shift, no different than all the other one degree shifts that came before it, but suddenly you hit this phase transition and the ice cube begins to melt. And the process of building habits is often like that and complaining about working for a month, whether it's networking events or running or writing a book for six months, and the outline still being a mess, complaining about showing up and not having the results that you want yet is kind of like complaining about heating an ice cube from 25 to 31 degrees and not melting yet. The work is not wasted. It's just being stored. And so you're kind of building up this potential energy that can be released. I think the San Antonio Spurs, the NBA basketball team, has won five championships. They have this quote in their locker room that I think illustrates the idea, which is says something to the effect of, when I feel like giving up, I think about the stone cutter who bangs on the stone a hundred times with his hammer and never shows a crack. And then on the hundred and first blow, it splits in two. And I know that it wasn't the hundred and first that did it, but all the hundred that came before. And all of your habits are like that. It's not the last sentence you write that completes the book. It's all the sentences that came before. It's not the last networking event you went to that builds a great network. It's all the ones that came before. It's not the last workout you did that gives you a great body. It's all the ones that came before. And that willingness to keep showing up and build uh, up a volume of work and then let that compound over time and let time work for you, that I think is ultimately the lesson about getting 1% better each day and how those habits add up. Yeah, well said. Hey, is willpower your issue? Well, on today's show, we can help you with that. We have James Clear here talking about his incredibly popular book, Atomic Habits, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results, and talking about how changing your systems and how you go about things every day can lead to great success. One of the things I like about in your book as we talk about this are that you talk about habits are easier when they align with natural abilities. And as we kind of plan this networking example, I agree. If you're an introvert and you walk into a room of a hundred strangers and that's not something that's ever going to feel good, then think about how can you achieve that same goal in a different way? So so should it be one-on-one meetings or are there other ways you can do that? So how, how do you know if, if something's just never going to work for you? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Uh, 
the answer to how do you know if it's going to work for you or not um, requires a lot of self-awareness. So, so the short answer is self-awareness. But the, the more tactical answer uh, for introverts or people who don't feel comfortable uh, going to networking events or just don't find that much value in them is that actually this is probably the best time to be alive, to be an introvert, and to also have a fantastic network. And what I mean by that is the most effective networking strategy that I've found has nothing to do with conferences, cocktail hours, cold emails, or any of the other common stuff that people talk about. It's a simple two-step process. Do interesting things and share them publicly. And so that can be as simple as starting a blog or an Instagram account or posting on Twitter or doing some kind of project and filming it and posting it to YouTube. But the more that you do great work or interesting things and then share those publicly, it's kind of like a magnet that attracts like-minded people to you. And ultimately, the way that people – to have a network, to, to introduce yourself to people just for the sake of introducing yourself to people – is not actually that meaningful because the way that people build a strong network is by developing a reputation for delivering value. And so creating things that are valuable and interesting and uh, remarkable in your field or in some small context is the way to develop a reputation that people care about. And the great thing is you can create stuff like you can sit in your, in your room by yourself all day long and just write something wonderful posted online and people who respect it and love it are going to start to come to you. So I think actually the best networking strategies maybe even skew toward introverts rather than extroverts. It's just that the, the typical or common approaches um, tend to seem more extroverted. So uh, in that way, I think building a habit of writing or of content creation or a podcast or videos or whatever it is, uh, is an incredibly valuable way to pull people toward you. And James, you talk about a number of different strategies. I really think, um, you know, mot- getting motivated, staying motivated is one of the the more difficult things. And you always hear, oh, once you do something twenty one times, it becomes automatic. And I don't, I don't believe that that's true. Um, because it obviously depends on a lot of factors like the environment and, and, you know, who's around you. But one of the things that you talk about in your book that I actually like and do is temptation bundling. Can you talk about what that is? Yeah. So uh, you're right. The the 21 day after 30 days or whatever here, there is no, yeah, like kind of, it does depend on the habit. The, the more difficult the habit is, um, the longer it's going to take. But um the idea of temptation bundling is basically asking you to take a habit that you need to do, that you feel like you need to do more, and pairing that with something that you want to do. So uh, this idea, you know, many people have kind of found this out implicitly uh, just by like, oh, if I, um, if I have a habit that I need to do, like budgeting, then I'll do that when I get to go to the coffee shop on Friday and have like my favorite chai latte or something. And so you get to pair something you enjoy. Uh, it's like a little bit of a reward with the thing that you uh, that you need to do. But Katie Milkman, who is a professor uh, at the Wharton School, mm-hmm. um, did this research and has looked at it in a variety of different ways. And what she's found is that temptation bundles can be really effective for changing people's behavior. So her famous example that she started with was uh, she wanted to read the Hunger Games, but she knew that she uh, needed to work out more. And so she set this little rule or temptation bundle for herself where she was only allowed to read the Hunger Games if she was on the treadmill at the gym. Um, I actually found a more extreme example when I was researching Atomic Habits. There was this engineering student in Dublin who he wired up his stationary bike so that uh, it was connected to Netflix, and Netflix would pause if he wasn't pedaling. 
So Dang. it was like a very forced <laughs> temptation extreme. bundle, right? Like he literally, he literally binge watched himself to uh, to weight loss in a better body. But um, the idea there is the same, you know. Like if you uh, if you know that you need to answer overdue work emails, but what you really want to do is get a pedicure, then only get a pedicure while you're answering emails. Um, and you can you can apply this concept to many different things. You're just pairing something that you love or enjoy, something rewarding with the thing that you know that you need to do. Yeah, I think this is a fantastic one. If you do struggle with something, think about creating this bundling. It absolutely 100% works. James, this is a fantastic book. I think if, if you're out there and you haven't read Atomic Habits, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results, you're going to want to get that book. If you have anything in your life that you're looking to improve, change, or edit, this book can help you do that. So, James, where can people reach you if they'd like more information? Yeah, if you uh, would like to check out more about the book and how to build good habits and break bad ones, you can just go to atomichabits.com. And then if you want to uh, see more of my writing and work, uh, you can just go to jamesclear.com and click on articles, and you'll be able to find everything kind of organized by category and dive into what's interesting to you. Fantastic. Thank you so much, James, for coming on the show today and giving our listeners these fantastic tips and best of luck with your book atomic habits tiny changes remarkable results thank you to all of our callers and listeners we love being here for you every week and if you've missed the show you can catch the replay on itunes and google play you're listening to sirius xm 132 we'll see you next time for more insight from business radio please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu Thank you.